Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Upswell Marketing would like to remind our listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms, see two dentists, or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. In fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And if you mention that you heard about Upswell on this podcast, you will receive 15% off your first order. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Pushkin. One of the most interesting people in the crypto world right now is Sam Bankman-Fried. He's 30 years old, founded the crypto exchange FTX a few years back, and today he is worth around $20 billion, according to Forbes. And yet he still lives with roommates and drives a Toyota Corolla. And maybe the most interesting thing about Sam? It's actually not that into crypto. He didn't get into it because he thinks Bitcoin is going to replace the dollar or that we're on the brink of some revolution in the very meaning of money. He got into crypto so that he could make as much money as possible and then give almost all of it away. So when Sam thinks about really big problems, he doesn't necessarily think about how much the price of Bitcoin is falling or that a big stable coin fell apart a few weeks ago. He thinks about things like how to save humanity from extinction. How many people will live if we play our cards right as a world? Like in the 90th percentile outcome, how many people will live in the future? The answer is trillions, probably. Maybe hundreds of trillions? Hundreds of trillions. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem? The show where entrepreneurs and engineers talk about how they're going to change the world once they solve a few problems. My guest today is Sam Bankman-Fried. And his problem is this. How do you save the world? Before we get to the interview, I just want to take a minute here and set up this one big idea, this really useful intellectual framework that drives almost everything Sam does. It's called expected value. I try to use it a lot because I think it sort of is the default correct way in some senses to calculate something. It's like if you're just trying to do a generic calculation, I think it's usually the right thing to use. You can understand expected value by understanding how Sam decided to start his company, the crypto exchange FTX. 
He was working as a trader, making millions of dollars. And when he thought about starting FTX, he knew there was a really good chance it might fail. It might ultimately be worth zero. But on the other hand, if it succeeded, it could be worth tens of billions of dollars. So here is a slightly oversimplified version of how you would use expected value in this case. Say Sam thought there was only a 1% chance that his exchange would be really successful, but that if it were really successful, it would make him $20 billion. The expected value of starting the exchange is the probability of it being successful, 1%, times the value if that success happens, $20 billion, which comes out to $200 million. A lot. So in 2019, Sam started FTX. And Sam told me there is a really important lesson here about expected value. One of the sort of takeaways that often ends up coming from really thinking hard and critically about expected values is that you should go for it way more than is generally understood. Go big. You should really go really big, even if you probably will fail and wind up with, with zero. That's absolutely right. And, and I think one of the intuitions for why that's the case, for why I think going big is often the right thing to do. Well, if you think about it, like, you know, you've got obviously a number of, of options available to you. Somewhere on the far right hand side of distributions is like the best possible thing. Meaning the really good outcomes. That's right. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. The best yeah. possible thing you could imagine happening. And the, the best possible thing is probably really good. Um, you know, it, it's probably orders of magnitude bigger than whatever you're sort of expecting to do. Yeah, right. It's not a little better. It's wildly better. It's almost unimaginably better. That's right. And if you're thinking about, well, if I found a company, how is it going to go? You know, you're probably thinking this might be a million dollar company, right? But the right hand distribution, the right hand tail of that is going to be a billion dollar company. And that's a thousand times bigger. And so in order for it to be justified to choose that decision, if you really do care linearly about money, if you really do think that getting that marginal you know, dollar is worth a lot, um, you know, even once you already have a lot of money, um, then it, it, it should lead you to think that, that you know, the best outcomes might be outcomes that have a 99% chance of failure, right? Because a 99% yeah. chance of failure and a 1% chance of that billion is still, that's 10 million and that's a lot. And so anytime that like there is some non-zero and non-negligible chance of a really, really good outcome are times when you're going to be incentivized more than seems natural, probably, to choose extreme outcomes. I feel like that maps in different ways, both to your, your work you do for money and your altruism, which obviously are tied up, right? They both seem like very much rooted in those extreme outcomes. In the case of your work, it's an extremely large amount of money in a short amount of time. And in the case of the altruism, it's profoundly bad outcomes, like everybody dying, right? Like both of those are sort of the same in the, in the kind of expected value universe. They're things we should probably think more about than seems intuitive if we're not using expected value. That's exactly right. And, you know, when you think, as you said, the altruism perspective, right, how many people will live if we play our cards right as a world like in the 90th percentile outcome how many people will live in the future the answer is trillions probably maybe hundreds of trillions right it's, it's thousands of times more than the number of people who have ever lived and so that's just that's a huge factor right anything that we do that actually has impact on the whole future of the world 
is massively important. It's kind of a ridiculous way to think at some level, right? It just gets so big. Then like, you're just some guy with a lot of money at some level, right? Talking about like trillions of people and the whole future of humanity. Like it gets weird, right? It does get really weird. You should really stress test these and, and, and think like, okay, do I really believe this? Like, do I really actually think that there is compelling evidence that like, you know, these numbers that I'm looking at are as big as I'm claiming they are? Or am I kind of bullshitting myself on this? Like, you know, you, you should absolutely have some humility around that, but but it's not totally implausible. And there are examples of people, people who we've heard of who are very famous and people who no one has ever heard of, um, who have had massive, massive impact on the world, who have had that massive multiplier. And and so it's not totally implausible. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think that like, while we should absolutely have, you know, a healthy dose of humility towards extreme outcomes, um, you know, we should also acknowledge that they can be real and that often the highest expected value things are, in fact, pushing directly towards them. Well, and in fact, you did hit the extreme right tail of the distribution in work, right? You did just get implausibly rich in a ridiculously short period of time. So at least on on that one, it worked. That's right. And I think it's that certainly has been a big update towards me in the direction of like, this stuff is plausible. Uh-huh. So the fact that you got so rich so fast in crypto, does it make, does it push your altruism toward like, well, sh- shit, if I could make $20 billion in three years, everybody on earth could in fact die from a pandemic or from some out of control AI. And I should spend some of the money to try and reduce the probabilities of that. I mean, is it like that? Yeah, it absolutely does. I think it absolutely does make me think, you know what, like these, you know, really extreme outcomes are probably plausible and they're probably plausible enough that I should be taking them really seriously, you know, uh, and, and that has pretty profound implications, I think, for what we should be doing. We'll get to those profound implications and to exactly where Sam is giving his money away in just a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. 
Customers were paying too much for shaving products. So the people at Harry's came up with a way to make beautifully designed razors and sell them at lower prices. Exceptional products at honest prices. I've been using a Harry's razor the last few weeks, and it's great. Close shave. It's got a nice hinge, so it bends around my face in the right places. And I've used the same blade for multiple shaves, and it is still going strong. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry. They offer a no-risk trial, and Harry's offers a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Here's a headline. Harry's has the best shave at the best price. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com problem. That's harrys.com problem for a $3 trial set. That's the end of the ads. Now we're going back to the show. Sam told me he's given away about $200 million so far, which obviously is a lot, but it is also somewhere around 1% of what he plans to give away eventually. His giving has been broad, but anti-poverty, animal welfare, healthcare, but he has started to focus on a few areas. One of the biggest is pandemic preparedness. That is a category that fits right into that expected value framework. You know, a low probability but super deadly pandemic is worth spending a lot to prevent. Another place where he's been giving is politics. Sam was one of the biggest donors to President Biden's 2020 campaign. More recently, he donated over $10 million to support a candidate in a Democratic primary for a congressional seat in Oregon, largely because that candidate wanted to focus on pandemic preparedness. The primary was held just last week, and Sam's candidate lost by a lot. I think that there are a lot of takeaways from it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, like, you know, if I were to do it again, I would do it a, a bit differently than last time. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, I, I think it was a well-fought race. I think that, like, you know, he had a real shot. Um, and, you know, going back to the discussion of expected values, right, like, if you're donating political races such that you think your candidates are 99% to win, you're almost certainly doing something. Right, because that person doesn't need your money. Exactly. You yeah. should be donating such that you think that you have a pretty substantial chance of losing. And, you know, I first stand by that. Do you expect you'll give a lot of money in the 2024 election cycle? I would guess so. I don't know for sure. It's going to depend on who's running. But, you know, I would guess so. Well, let's say Donald Trump runs for president. Would that cause you to probably give a lot of money to the person who is running against him? That's that's a pretty decent guess. And, and, and you know, I, I think that I'm going to be looking a lot less at like political party um, from that perspective and, and a lot more about, you know, uh, same governance. Like that is, you know, at its core, the thing that I think I, I care the most same. about. You said just to be clear, same yeah, governance. Same governance. I, I think the United States has both a big opportunity and big responsibility um, to the world to to shepherd the West in a uh, powerful but responsible manner. And that everything that we do there has massive, massive ripple effects on what the future looks like. You've talked before about being surprised at how little money is in politics. Uh, it is quite small, the amount of money that is donated relative to how much money the government spends right? Um, does that lead you to want to donate a lot? I mean, does it follow from that, that like, you'll probably donate a lot of money? It follows that I might. 
in the end, that's basically what I think. Um, I, I think that like there are in some ways, so there's you know in some ways surprisingly little money in politics, and given sort of the scope of its impact, now that doesn't necessarily mean there are good things to do um, donating in politics, right? Like it might be that sure, but like how are you actually going to do anything useful? You know, maybe that's how it turns out. But but maybe not, you know? You mean it's not necessarily the case that more money can have a meaningful effect on the outcome? That's right. It's not necessarily the case, but it certainly gestures a little bit in that direction. Uh, I mean, I imagine you have some probability distribution in your mind of how much money you might give in the next election cycle. Like, give me some number. Uh, I would guess north of 100 million. Um, and, you know, as for how much north of that, it, I don't know, you know, it, it really does depend on what happens. Like, it, it's really dependent on exactly who's running where for what, like, like these, these are, are super contingent things, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that gives maybe some sense of what the, what the sort of like scale might be here. More than a hundred million sort of spread across many races, organizations, but toward the 2024 election. So if that's a floor, what's the ceiling? Like a billion? Might you give a billion? Yeah, I think that's a decent like thing to look at as a as a sort of like, I, I mean, I, I, would, I would hate to say like hard ceiling because who knows what's going to happen between now and then. But as like at least sort of a soft ceiling, I, I would say, yeah. Okay. So, so the ballpark is like, hundred million ish to a billion ish with again a lot of caveats on this and you know there's a world in which it ends up being close to zero if they're you know th things just work out such that there isn't is there much i'm excited about like that seems like a very low probability to me based on what i know about you and the world yeah it's i think it's i think it's very low that it's actually gonna end up being zero that does seem pretty unlikely yeah a billion seems way more likely than zero to me i think it's probably right um, so I think the most anybody gave last time, if I have the right numbers is 215 million, uh, that's for the 2020 cycle, the last presidential cycle. It seems like you'll probably give more than that based only on what you've told me. I think it is eminently possible that I, um, okay. I think that, that, that would not surprise me. I've heard you say that, you know, at some points over the next few years, you hope to find opportunities where you can spend, give away like a billion dollars really quickly. What are some of the places you think that might happen? I mean, the election, the 2024 election is clearly one. What are a few others? I think pandemic prevention is potentially one of them. I think you look at like, uh -huh. um, how much would it cost to, you know, really definitely prevent the next pandemic, or you can never definitely prevent it, but to have you know, a, a really good shot at it. I think you're probably talking tens of billions of dollars. Which it's crazy that the that governments aren't spending that money, right? And that's right. That really should be government spending it. And part of this might be working with governments on it. Because it's not that much, like, if truly, if they could reduce the risk of a pandemic by half, say, for $30 billion a year, like, do you actually think that? Is that true? Or fifty billion? I think I think something like that's probably true. I think something that's like not too far off from that order of magnitude, and that probably you know by the time you're talking about you know many tens of million billions of dollars, um, you know that's something that you're probably going to need to have government 
stepping in on. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I would be happy to throw in a, a fair bit to help facilitate that. So I should actually, I should have asked this earlier, but to what extent are your political donations a pandemic prevention strategy? So I think most of them have been so far. And, and you know, going yeah. forward, like, there may come other policy, you know, things like AI policy that, 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 you know, end up being really important. And so it's not to say that like pandemics are, are the only thing that are ever going to matter to me policy wise, but that has been the big one so far. And is the idea there like tens of billions of dollars a year to significantly reduce the risk of another pandemic is not that much for the government, but it's more than you have, yeah. right? So you need a lever. You can't, That's you can't right. actually spend all of your money and meaningfully reduce the chances of another pandemic. And so if you can use political donations to elect candidates who want to spend money to prevent a pandemic, that works. That's right. So you're giving lots of money to political candidates. You're also doing a lot of work to um, shape regulation of crypto in the U.S. Tell me about the overlap between those two things. So most of the giving has not been done uh, with with crypto in mind. and. I have been doing a ton of policy engagement on that, but that's mostly going to to DC and talking with policymakers. I mean, here's the the narrow version of the question is, is part of what you want from your political donations some particular outcome in crypto regulation? Uh, that is not a big part of it. I wanted to talk more about crypto with Sam, but our time was running short. Uh, I do promise to talk more about crypto on the show before too long. And Sam did have time for a quick lightning round. We'll have that lightning round in a minute. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life, what are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. It's nice to work hard some of the time, and then it's also nice to take a break. But as an investor, you want your money to be working for you all of the time. And that is what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help your money do. Betterment has automated technology, things like low-cost ETFs, which are basically cheap, efficient ways to invest. 
And if you're parking some of your money in cash, Betterment offers a high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Betterment also offers automated rebalancing. They keep your money balanced across asset classes like stocks and bonds in the way that you want, so you're not always having to decide, oh, I need to buy some more of this or sell some more of that. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Okay, let's get back to the show. We're going to close with the lightning round. Let me just, let's just do a lightning round. A few quick questions and you can answer them fast. What's the least rational thing you do? Least rational thing. I and I spend way too much time like aimlessly browsing my Facebook feed. Is it true you still sleep on a beanbag chair? And if so, why? I, I did uh, last night. I do do many nights. Um, it's, uh, I, I find it, um, I kind of, I, I don't know. It's what I'm used to is honestly just part of the answer there. It's like, it's what feels natural for me. If everything goes well, what problem will you be trying to solve in five years? I, I would say the details of how to, of what to prioritize um, for pandemic prevention funding with, you know, institutes that have been set up and are, you know, unloading a ton of capital into it and, you know, really great teams who are, are devoting themselves to building it out. So the dream is you'll be like deep in the weeds figuring out how to prevent a pandemic. Um, I've seen in other interviews you doing lots of different things during the interview. I couldn't actually tell if you were doing other things during this interview, but were you? And if so, what were you doing? I was playing game of Storybook Brawl. I say the name of the game again? Storybook Brawl. How did is you do a, it? Uh, I took second place out of eight. Could have been worse. And I apologize. I do have to hop off. Okay. Last one. What's one piece of advice you'd give to somebody trying to solve a hard problem? One piece of advice I would say, um, I just keep going, just keep going step by step, you know, trying to solve it bit by bit. And, you know, eventually, hopefully you'll get there. Sam Bankman-Fried is the founder and CEO of FTX. Today's show was produced by Edith Russelo, edited by Robert Smith, and engineered by Amanda K. Wong. You can reach us at problem at pushkin.fm, or you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Goldstein. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and I'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Upswell Marketing would like to remind our listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms, see two dentists, or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. In fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. 
And if you mention that you heard about Upswell on this podcast, you will receive 15% off your first order. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 